This is Sunday Ozarks at Large. I'm Kyle Kellams. With me is Heim Goodman-Strauss. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning. I almost called you Math Goodman-Strauss. But uh, <laughs> you left us with a, a question. Right. I'm going to ask, I'm going to reiterate the question. Have a collection of numbers. Say it's mm-hmm. 17 numbers. Suppose. Right. Suppose. And in this collection of numbers, at least one of the numbers is a multiple of 17, or some number of the numbers will add up to 17. To a multiple of 17. To a multiple of 17. And no matter which numbers you have, this has to be true. Whether it's 49, whether it's 98, whether it's 132. So the question was, uh, prove this. Yeah. Show it has to work. And I was with you thinking this was easy and logical until you said, prove it. Right. And then I said, well, I don't know. Well, here's a way to do it. Okay. So this is something called the pigeonhole principle, which is a really powerful idea. It's really, it sounds kind of stupid, but it actually works in so many different kinds of ways. So suppose you have, uh, I guess this was like pigeonholes, like letter boxes used to be called pigeonholes, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in an office, you know, where you stick in the letters. And it's just a very simple principle. If you have more letters than you have pigeonholes, then some pigeonhole has to get two or more letters. Well, I mean, obviously, right? Right. But um, it's amazing how you can use this. So here's a sort of a warm-up puzzle that we didn't ask, which is um, – what is the warm-up puzzle? Warm-up puzzle. Sorry. It's all right. I forgot what the warm-up puzzle was. I had it just right here. Oh, yeah, okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, here's a warm-up puzzle that's really totally trivial. Uh, very easy. Suppose you have, um, suppose you have, say, 39 numbers, then um, two of them have to add up to a multiple of 38. If you have 47 numbers, then two of them have to add up to a multiple of 46. In general, if you have n numbers, two of them have to add up to a multiple of n minus 1. Mm-hmm. I beg your pardon. Can we start that over sure. again? Okay. So here's a warm-up problem that um, I think illustrates how things work pretty well. So suppose that we have some collection of numbers, then it – I beg your pardon. Here's a warm-up problem that shows us how the principle works pretty well. Suppose we have some collection of, say, 47 numbers. Then two of them have to have a difference that's a multiple of 46. If we have 98 numbers, two of them have to have a difference. Some two of them have to have a difference that's a multiple of, what was I, did I just say, 96? 98, I believe. 90, then two of them have to have a multiple of, a difference that's a multiple of 97, and so on. In general, if I have n numbers, then two of them have to have a difference that's a multiple of n minus 1. I'm raising my hand because I want to ask a question. Sure. Could, could this be easier to understand if we reduce the number, say we're only going to go five numbers? Oh, yeah, sure, but... I was just showing off. <laughs> but, but I mean, if I, if I played around with and say I had five numbers, yeah. any five numbers, two of them have to have a difference. difference it's a multiple of five. five. Right. So can I just do this? Yeah, sure. Okay. Let's say my five numbers. Let me get some paper here. Say my five numbers, and they can be obviously higher than five. Right. Let's say they are 44. Okay. My age. Uh... 24, Willie Mays number, um, 3, because it's a beautiful number, 
uh, and Babe Ruth's number. Okay. Um, 113, because okay. it's a strange number. And give me, you pick one. 11. 11. Just because. Okay. So if I took... Uh, well, already, 44 and 24. Oh, there's 20. Right. Okay, let's say it wasn't 24. Let's say it was 23. Well, now you've got... All right, make it 22. Okay, 22. So now you've got 44, 22, but now 3 and 113. 10. Okay, let's say it's not 113. Let's say it's 107. Then 107 minus... Now, this is actually exactly the way to get your feet into sort of a problem, so to speak. Or, mm-hmm. You know, it's just start doing some examples and rattling around and seeing what kind of truth you right. can figure out. Here's a way to think about it. If we take mod 4 everything, well, two numbers will have a difference that's a multiple of 4 if they have the same remainders when I divide by 4. One example is 107 and 3. They both have a, multi- a remainder of 3 when I divide by 4. And their difference is, in fact, 104, which is a multiple of 4. Two numbers, will their difference will have the same, will be a multiple of 4 exactly when they have the same remainder when I divide by 4. In other words, if they're the same mod 4. So here I've got five numbers. When I reduce the mod 4, I can only have 0, 1, 2, or 3. Mm-hmm. Two of them have to have the same amount, mod 4. That's the pigeonhole principle. Mm-hmm. Two of them have to be have the same remainder, so two of them have to have the same difference. Nice little symmetry going on here. Yeah. That's nice. It is nice. Did someone, quote, discover the pigeonhole? Well, it sounds, see, it sounds so obvious that, I don't know, but, it's probably yeah. been done in some way for as long as there's been people, but okay. I guess to notice that it's a good mathematical principle, right. I'm not sure. Somebody surely did. I'm not really sure about the history of that. But now here's our problem. Oh, yeah. We were just warming up there. That's right. That's right. So we okay. have um, 50 numbers, say, and we want to show that... Um, no matter what 50 numbers I have, that either one of them is a multiple of 50 or that some sum of them is a multiple of 50. And it's just the pigeonhole principle again, but it goes like this. What I do is I list the numbers out, the first one, the second one, the third one. And then I make a new list of numbers, which is the first one, Mm -hmm. the first one plus the second one, the first one plus the second one plus the third one, and so on. And I'll get 50 different numbers. Now, I just basically play the same trick. So if what are the possible remainders of those numbers mod 50? Well, unfortunately, this time, I can't be sure that I'll have two that have the same remainder. But I can be sure, okay, but suppose that none of them have remainder zero. Then I know that I'd only have 49 possible remainders, and so two of these numbers would have to have the same remainder. Their difference would have to be a multiple of 50, and that's exactly the sum we were looking for. Wow. On the other hand, if one of those numbers had a remainder of zero, well, then it would be a multiple of 50, and we'd be done. Right, right, so either right. way, we're out yeah. of, off the hook. That's great. That's a great, beautiful yeah. problem, isn't it? So here's another wonderful problem from Paul Zeitz's book, and I just don't know the answer. A few months ago, we asked a puzzle from this same book on escaping from a giant box, and I felt sort of foolish. There was plenty of people around the world seem to know exactly how to get out of the box, but I would still be there if not for their mighty efforts. <laughs> well, that's why we so, ask. So here's another uh, very similar problem that, again, I, I'm sure it has a very straightforward solution, and I'm just not quite sure what it is. So, uh, and the answers are not in the back of this book? No, the answers are not in the back of this book, although there is a teacher's uh, solutions manual, but I haven't got it. So it's yeah. a difference between you and me. I always get crossword puzzle books that have the answers in the back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I'll just read this directly from the book. Okay. So, Indiana Jones needs to cross a flimsy rope bridge over a mile-long gorge. Hmm. 
It is so dark that it is, impo- it is impossible to cross the bridge without a flashlight. Furthermore, the bridge is so weak that it can only support the weight of two people. The party has just one flashlight, which has a weak beam, so whenever two people cross, they are constrained to walk together at the speed of the slower person. Okay? Mm-hmm. Indiana Jones can cross the bridge in five minutes. His girlfriend can cross in ten minutes. But his father needs 20 minutes, and his father's sidekick needs 25 minutes. They need to get everyone across safely in one hour to escape the bad guys. So they've got to go one mile. Okay. It takes... Um, takes they, in- you have to take two at a time at most, the speed of the slower person. Right. And so Indy can do it in five, five. minutes. His girlfriend in 10, 10 his dad, father in 20. 20, and his dad's sidekick, which is a nice touch, Paul. That's great. <laughs> in 25. And you leave nobody behind? <laughs> uh, right. And you've got okay. one hour to do it. Oh, now see, this seems like one of those things where someone's going to, because you only got one flashlight. One so does flashlight. someone have to come back? Somebody's got to come back and forth. Right. That's the point. But somehow they can do it. And I so the question is not can they do it? The question is how do they do it? Presumably, yeah. These I don't are, know the solution. But these are this is a fun one because you can start with different you know combinations and right. go back and forth. Right. Okay. Uh, so, at least, but I don't know what I mean. I don't know what the solution is, so I can't give a meaningful hint. That's okay. So, so we're we are legitimately seeking. It's probably outside the box, an outside the box kind of. Yeah, but it's not going to be yeah. like you know pole vaulting over the gorge or anything like I that. I don't think so. Okay. And it can only take two people, so you can't have a piggyback. Right, I guess. It has right. And again, this is from Paul Zeitz's book, The Art and Craft of Problem Solving. Wonderful book, now, available you, everywhere. I know you don't know the answer, but but I doubt it consists throwing the flashlight back or anything like that. Well, it's a mile across. So that I, would not... Right. Okay. The gorge is a mile across. Okay. So we are asking people to send us the solution. That's right mathfactor at uark.edu or mathfactor.uark.edu. And again, the name of the book is? The Art and Craft of Problem Solving by Paul Zeitz. Wonderful book. All right. Heim, thanks a lot. Thank you. Heim Goodman-Strauss is a math professor at the University of Arkansas. Joins us almost every Sunday morning on Ozarks at Large. I like that. Okay. I got a question for you. My father... um, I guess it was Monday. They're in Baxter County. My father went outside to get the newspaper. It's raining its ass off, like a deluge. He gets the newspaper. By the time he gets back inside, the newspaper is sopping wet. <laughs> His clothes are sopping wet. But he didn't get. Um, he did not get a hair on his head wet. Because he's bald. Yeah. It's <laughs> a good one. How can three men stand under one umbrella and not get wet? It's not raining. Oh, see? <laughs> Those are so obvious after... What, what, what's that called? You're just assuming right. a part That's of the... That's how this puzzle, I'm sure, is okay. working.